All right, hello and welcome to the extra, extra bonus round of Toe to Toe podcast, where we take a deeper dive into one agent's business. And today I'm here with Rob Jacobs. Hey, Rob. Hey, how you doing? Great. And the reason I wanted to have Rob on is he is um, a broker and licensed agent in Michigan, and he also owns a company called Short Sale Pathways. And so I wanted to talk to you, Rob, about this climate and if you think we're going to have a lot more short sales now than we did before. Uh, yeah, we're going to see some short sales coming in the future. Uh, thing is, this is a completely different animal than we had the last time around. Um, the liquidity issues aren't, aren't the problem. You know, last time in 08, uh, there was all the dummy loans and... Uh, right, uh, like people uh, getting deals, like people getting mortgages that they really shouldn't have. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you were around then. You remember how it was. You get uh, somebody just out of college, 22 years old, just married, coming in. Hey, I'm approved proof for 300000 Right. Oh, you work at McDonald's? Really? <laughs> you want to right, buy that was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, that happened all the time. And mm -hmm. uh, that is not the case this time. Of course, we all know it's the, the coronavirus situation that's, uh, you know, really causing everything to crash. But, uh, you know, coming behind that is what's happening to the mortgage markets. They're tightening up their bootstraps. And, um, you know, when we get into some of the issues, uh, you know, that are going to cause this, we have, you know, Three and a half uh, million loans in forbearance right now. What uh, is a normal like when you look at data on average? What, how many, like three and a half million? I what from a perspective standpoint is that? A, I mean, that, I assume it's a lot, but like a lot, a lot, or um, uh, percentage wise, let's see. Yeah, we got. Uh, or what's a uh, normal amount in forbearance? Like, is it normally only a million, and now it's three and a half? Oh, no, no. It's probably more like uh, the, the forbearance is uh, uh, a loan modification option, typically. Okay. And, you know, you might have a couple hundred thousand tops. Um, so a couple hundred thousand and now yeah. there's three and a half million? So right now we have 6.4% of all the loans in America are in forbearance and going up daily exponentially daily <laughs> now let's just i mean let's just briefly uh define what a forbearance is for the agents that aren't quite sure okay yep. so well, go ahead yeah forbearance is uh you know uh, the cares act came out and uh anybody who has a government uh subsidized mortgage um fannie mae freddie mac fha va and the like um are allowed um, initially three months and up to 12 months of forbearance, which is that the, the person, the homeowner does not have to pay their mortgage for that amount of time that they're in forbearance with no penalties. Okay. Uh, now the problem that comes into that is that the servicing banks and the banks that are holding the notes all have to pay their investors the money. So basically you're not paying the bank, but or the servicer, but the servicer has to pay the bank. So that is drying up. That's the problem. That yeah. We're supposed to go back into our economy. Um, now that doesn't even, you know, touch on the private mortgage loans that are out there that uh, are also, uh, ba the banks are also offering forbearance programs for those too. Right. Um, but um, so you're talking about some major liquidity issues coming. But I think though some people maybe are strategically in forbearance 
to see what the economy is going to do. But even if that's mm -hmm. half of the people, which is unlikely to be half, I imagine, you're still, you're saying normally it's a couple hundred thousand. And even if it's half, you're still looking at 1.5 to 2 million people requesting it. Yeah. That's it, nuts. It's going up 500,000 every week. And uh, it's as long as uh, people are in lockdown, um, it's just going to keep And they going. can't work. Right. I mean, so once people go just, you know, for our audience to kind of create some context, once people enter the forbearance, it pushes what they owe three months or six months later. So let's just use the example of the mortgage is $2,000 a month. The bank agrees to a three month forbearance at the end of three months, the people owe $6,000. Yep. Okay. In a lump sum. So then if they can make it great, most likely they can't. So then the bank will give them some other options and maybe like a loan modification or something like that. But usually there's something happened, right? And if the people can't stay in their mortgage and they can't stay in the house, they have to move. And this is where short sales come in. Right. And then the bank requires it to be listed with an agent because uh, for those people that don't know or don't weren't around in like 09, 010, a short sale references that the bank takes a reduction in what's owed on the property. So there's say you owe $200,000 on the property, the bank might agree to take 150, but in order to do that, they need an offer and that's where agents come in. Correct. So, okay. And that's where you come in. So like as, um, as an agent yourself and the owner of short sale pathways, you can either, you do coaching for agents that want to learn how to do short sales, which take it from me, they should never do. Just, <laughs> the other thing you do is you can process the short sale and then your fee is collected. How? Uh, I, I charge the, uh, the bank a portion of it. And then I will, uh, the remaining of my fee would be, uh, paid for by the buyer or seller, usually the buyer, since the seller is typically insolvent. Um, okay. So then that's, uh, many, oh, sorry, what? The fees are based on how many loans are, you know, if there's there two liens, sometimes three liens, you know, it could be a lot more involved in the situation, but, uh, you know, it's uh, starting out at 3,200 and, okay. you know, I get paid that by the bank usually, you know, 75, 80% of the time. So not so bad. Yeah, and then the rest of it will just be on the settlement sheet paid by the the buyer. Right, yeah. Like a buyer premium almost. Because yep. they're buying the house as is, and they're getting, typically, they're, gonna get, they're getting a good deal. They're going to get a deal on it, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the key is for the, the realtors is when you have a listing coming up that you think is going to be a short sale, um, you want to scrutinize the seller immediately. You know, number one is to make sure that they're 100% on board with going through the process because, you know, uh, most of the deals fall apart pretty quickly because the seller doesn't want to do the paperwork or is... What kind of paperwork can they expect to, from the seller? What, like if, if I'm an agent and I've never done a short sale, like what would I say to my client? Well, the, the bank's going to require a, a loss mitigation packet to be completed, which is going to be all of their financials. Mm -hmm. um, their hardship, a hardship letter. Um, they may ask for bank statements, tax returns, uh, bank accounts, uh, all asset accounts, actually. Right. Everything. Uh, you know, um, 
yeah, um, possibly pay stubs. Um, so it gets pretty lengthy. I mean, uh, a basic, an average short sale packet that I send in is going to be roughly 100 pages. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so it it's, uh, gets pretty in-depth and intense. And uh, if your seller does not want to go through the process and doesn't want to deal with it, then... Or they're willing to can, pull the bank statements or something yeah. like that, it's never going to yeah. work. Yeah, and you know when people get three, four months behind, the bank's calling them, driving them nuts, and uh, you know some people just aren't able to deal with it. You know, they shut um, down. But, I imagine. Yeah. So phase one is to make sure that the seller really wants to go through with it. Once you decide that they 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 are a good client, then we'll decide uh, if they are going to be eligible for the short sale. We'll, you know, we that's when they need to call, call you. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that over the phone. I can, if the agent knows, or I can call the seller and talk to them, you know, about what their situation is, you know, mm -hmm. that'd be an open, candid uh, conversation about what they have and where they're going with everything. And then I'll tell them what their options are, what they, what I think will get them approved, if they should be looking at loan modification, or if they, a deed in lieu is a better option, or if uh, short sale is the way to go for them. And, yeah. You know, I'm I think they... The key takeaway here is if once as the agent, we discover that what's owed on the mortgage is more than what the market market will bear. Mm -hmm. I think we just need to call you and see. Yeah. yeah and go from there. Now, yeah. what, why do you think there's so many more people? I mean, I know that there's Corona and stuff, but it's, it's only been a month and a half, you know, like, so what else is happening? Well, you know, a lot of people out there, um, didn't get the stimulus money that we were yeah. all hoping, you mm -hmm. know? Right. Um, so, you know, it's going to have an effect on the smaller businesses. Um, you know, any business that recently opened is going to have immediate financial trouble. Um, some of the jobs that, you know, people had, um, when, when this thing, whole thing ends, it's not going to be, you know, uh, okay, Monday it's back to work. Right. right. Normal, normal. Yeah. Right. It'd be a very slow process. And a lot of jobs may just be eliminated um, and, you know, people are going to be hard pressed to get back at it. And then you got the fact that, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be probably, you know, within two weeks, 5 million people in forbearance. So wow. when they go back to work, are they, they're going to owe, you know, three months, five, six months worth That's of so much. Pay? How are they right. going to pay it? I don't know. It seems yeah. nuts to me. So, I mean, they're going to be in a situation that is just untenable and, you know, that's when they're going to need help. Well, and you were saying too, like, it's kind of a double-edged sword. So like, it's the banks, I imagine, are doing the forbearance because they believe it's helping the customer, right? Like you don't have to pay, but you have to pay at the end of the three months or six months or whatever. But at the same time, you're saying, you know, that bank is not getting a forbearance from their investors. So they still have to pay the investors. Mm -hmm. So then in return, you're saying they can't then lend out the money, which they normally would. Yep. So, I mean. That's one of the reasons that, uh, you know, credit score now FHA is 680, you know, uh, Chase Bank 700. Jumbo loans gone, you know. Right, basically yeah. gone. Right. Yeah, pretty much. And this is changing every single day. It's something new. So. But I that's mean, because that those people are less. Oh, right. Yes, I did an interview with um with a lender for the jumbo loans, and I, what I didn't know is that jumbo loans are actually uh, more risky 
than oh, regular yeah. loans. Okay. Yep. So that was interesting to me because I didn't know that. But I mean, well, we don't do been, a lot of jumbos. What, what okay. I found out, uh, I uh, was on a podcast with uh, uh, agent, uh, or well, agent mortgage person in here in Michigan recently. And um, he was saying that what the lenders are going to start doing is uh, put the first $510,000 into a, um, a GSE and then have a second and a third loan coming behind it. Wow. To do to be able to to get these people into the higher end homes. Right. I mean, yeah. that's really seems like all you could do. I mean yeah. so yeah, yeah. okay. So they take they're thinking that by increasing the credit score, the loan becomes less risky, right? right. Okay. Which then for us be, creates a problem because I mean there's a a huge portion of borrowers that are less than like 640 or 680 or 700 or whatever they're oh, yeah. requiring. Yeah. We're going to find that when this is all, when we open up again as realtors, um, I'm in a state where we can't show houses. We're deemed non-essential uh, along with, I don't know how many other states, but there's a lot of them. Um, right. When this is over, we're going to go out and be calling our buyers and it's going to be like, uh, um, yeah, did you talk to your mortgage lender? No. Right. Okay. They call them up and nope, you're no longer qualified. You're not qualified. So, oh. uh, one step I, I would recommend to every agent to do right now is to call their buyers, tell them to call their lenders, make sure that their pre-qualification letter stands because things have changed considerably just in the past two weeks. And they're going to probably change even more in the next two weeks. I mean, I imagine that they are. So I noticed too, or we were talking about earlier, well, a f I think like six months ago, it said that if you had a conventional loan that you could, you don't have to have an appraisal, but you were saying now too, even FHA is doing like the drive-by appraisals after closing. Um, well, they're offering uh, drive-by appraisals pre-closing and then okay. um, um, FHA, FHFA is saying uh, uh, they can do an appraisal 120 days after closing. What does that mean? Why? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> Honestly, that makes no sense. To, I've sent it out to a few people and they just, you know, mind blown. It's how, so what, they're going to drive by prior to, but then <laughs> four months after the new buyers move in, they go and do an appraisal. Right. What's the point? And Why? It's going to cause, yeah. I mean, you're looking at what's this going to do to the values of the houses when they go in and find out that the house didn't, shouldn't have been sold at that price, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, or they have repairs that now are back that the seller should have made. Right. But now the buyer has to make them. Yeah. That, that's just huge, huge problem. That's insane. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine why that rule would be put into effect, but there it is. Yeah. It's Maybe me. they're thinking that. I don't know. I think sometimes those um, those rules for the FHA loans and the VA loans, I think they were put in place to protect the borrower, but some of them are really silly, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I can't, yeah. they just seem like you're protecting them, but from, from what, you know? Well, I, I, I understand the drive-by, you know, portion of this, you know, drive-by appraisal because of the COVID-19 situation and they want to keep housing moving as best as it can, but uh, why even bother offer, you know, 120 days to do uh, an appraisal after closing? I mean, that makes no sense. And the drive-by is fine for like checking up on things, but really, I mean, if the house is listed, you've got pictures yeah. of the interior and the exterior. Yeah. 
Like, what's the point? What about, um, I'm trying to think of what else. Is it, oh, it was Chase Bank that said that they weren't doing any of the jumbos, but then their scores went up even higher than everybody else. Do you yeah. think they're just going to get out yeah. of mortgages in general? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, they went up to 700 and I'm not a mortgage broker, so yeah. that's uh, probably a better question for somebody like that. <laughs> right. But, but I have been seeing that, uh, you know, uh, the word on the street is that PMI is going to at least double in the future, maybe even triple. Um, but PMI so, is really only placed as pri it's private mortgage insurance yeah. for borrowers that are likely to default, right? Yeah, yeah. FHA loans, um, you know, and the like. So, you know, that's basically additional cash for, uh, you know, the GSEs to make sure that they have a backstop against the uh, right defaults. against the default but yeah. if they're i mean that kind of makes sense because they're saying look you either need to get your credit up to the 640 or 680 or whatever the requirement is or you're considered very high risk yep. and in any industry when you're considered high risk you get charged substantially more uh percentage wise and it just life costs more so yep. i think from a real <clears throat> estate agent standpoint it's going to be wait are they changing down payment requirements too uh that i'm not sure i'll ask the lender about that because it would because the pmi also comes with the lower down payment so i wonder if they're going to be adjusting that too yeah. but it kind of makes it. sense that what's that i, I wouldn't doubt it that they i wouldn't doubt it either because they're saying okay well if you have a low down payment and you're a risk from a credit standpoint, we're gonna charge you more and that's what the PMI is and that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like you wanna, as an agent, I would think we'd wanna work with lenders who kind of specialize or have like a rapid rescore or like some kind of credit repair attached because I mean, I don't know the numbers, but how many people, percentage of people are below a 680? Yeah. I would oh, think God. it's a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, it, it, we're going to find that half our buyers uh, are just not even able to purchase a house anymore. Or more. Well, and that's going to cause also rent to go up mm -hmm. even more. And rents are already up in a lot of places. Yeah, and it's going to make it, uh, I mean, there's just not going to be as many buyers. Sellers are going to have a hard time selling their houses. And uh, next thing you know, especially if they would have traditionally sold it to like a lower income, low down payment yeah. buyer. Yep, I mean, we've had a what, five years or more of, you know, buyers just, uh, you know, you list a house and you get five offers, you know, that those days are now over. And, uh, you know, it, it's gonna eventually cause prices to go down. You know, once this, once the uh, realtors are released back into the world, uh, we're gonna have a huge rush. But yeah. that's gonna be, that's just gonna be the people that have been chomping at the bit to get a house. So, right. you know, first month or two, yeah, it's going to be insane. Everything's going to feel like normal. Uh, but then reality is going to set in. And um, that's when we're going to start seeing, you know, defaults, uh, deficiency mm -hmm. rates go up and foreclosures and short sales and things of that nature coming into play again. So yeah. I'd say, you know, who knows how long this is going to last, but if it ended, like our, our state is May 15th, if it ends May 15th, I, I'd bet you yeah, any money by September 15th, my short sale queue is doubled. Yeah, it's going to go up. I can see that. It'll be really interesting to see how it plays out because it's never just like one thing is isolated that it only affects that one 
part, yeah. right? Like yeah. nothing is isolated. Yeah. Do you have a class or anything coming up or should people just, if they're interested in kind of prepping for this, should they just reach out to you directly? Uh, I don't have a class on schedule right now, but I am working on uh, a few things, uh, maybe a, a video web series, um, Okay. you know, possibly uh, doing some Zoom classes. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, this uh, thing kind of came out of nowhere. And, yeah, uh, it did. And everybody's got a, so if they want to know more, should they just email you or yeah. call? Email okay. Me, call me. Um, yeah. My website is shortsellpathways.com. Okay. Uh, Rob at shortsellpathways.com. <coughs> or uh, you can call me at 888-416-4526. Okay. And um, we'll put your contact information um, in there too for people to reach out. All right. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you coming on and scaring the shit out of us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everything will be great. I, just, I mean, hopefully, that would be awesome. But yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I definitely didn't see this coming and didn't want. Nobody it, did. You know? <laughs> just, yeah. Well, it's better um, to be overprepared and not need it than be underprepared and need it. You know. Yeah, exactly. So, thanks a lot, yeah. Rob. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.